1: Yep, this all new service hub from HubSpot brings customer service and support together in one simple but powerful platform so you can deliver the best experience possible. And of course, it's powered by AI, not Al, AI, meaning your team can automate those tedious tickets from people who've clearly not read your frequently asked questions. Pain in the backside, aren't they? Oh, and by the way, organisations using HubSpot Service Hub are resolving tickets 13 times faster, helping them to close 42% more tickets per day. That means increasing retention by more than 80%. Thank you, people at HubSpot who who did the maths on that one, because I wouldn't be able to.
0: I love a bit of data. Did you also know, Al, that it consolidates your entire internal knowledge base into one place? So no matter who is working on support, they'll have the answers at their fingertips.
1: I did know that because I wrote that for you
0: you well there you have it stand out from the crowd and migrate to hubspot service hub today
1: visit hubspot.com slash service and learn how this all new solution can help you deliver for your customers
2: i'll get the quote wrong but it's essentially that if you can make a small ripple um you can create a wave of change and i i subscribe to that
0: Hello and welcome to the Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. My name is Leanne, I'm a business psychologist.
1: And my name is Alan, I'm a business owner.
0: And we are here to help you simplify the science of people. That's one thing that we do, Al, what's the other one?
1: You would have thought that an episode after 30 odd episodes (laughs) would be a little bit smoother than we are now. But yeah, mainly we're here to simplify the science of people and to create amazing workplaces. Um, We're all about work culture. Um, and Leanne. Please, is, in the name, guys. <laughs> Leanne. Leanne is the expert in it, and I'm the idiot who sits next to her and goes, "What the hell does that mean?" And if you, if this is your first time listening, then kind of this is a we generally do panel shows, don't we? Which basically mm-hmm, is not mm-hmm. like a panel show, but like a. A panel-style episode where we tend to have a few different guests on. A bit different today, Leah.
0: It is a bit different today, and it's also nice to be back together in the studio. We were separated last week. If you're not sure what I mean, go back and listen. Um, But yeah, we have we have a really really cool founder story for you today.
1: So we're hoping this is going to be a monthly thing where every month we're going to have just one single founder, and we're either going to talk about a business related to workplace culture. Or we're going to talk about someone who has implemented something to do with workplace culture in their business. I've got three, I think, three founders, no, four. Four founders I'm very, very excited about. Um, who are all booked in and ready to go so they'll be coming up over the next few months look out for this
0: new style series it's very exciting so yeah we will be meeting Stella very shortly as we said she's a founder and CEO of Perks which is an online platform um, which was designed to increase accessibility to well-being benefits her company has already expanded into Australia where it's led by MD Siobhan Wally no mistake there that is also a woman-led business um, and yeah it's all on track to have more than 1 million users on the platform by 2025. Not bad for a business that started in 2019. Stella herself has been named in the LDC Top 50 of 2020. That's Lloyds Banking and the Times ratings. And most recently, she was the winner of the Accelerate Her Award 2023 in the technology category.
1: Pretty amazing lady with a great story. So we're going to go meet Stella in a second. But firstly, favourite time of the week. Yay. It's the
0: news roundup.
1: See the jingle.
0: <laughs> did you did you miss this last week, Al?
1: <laughs> I have to be honest, it was slightly easier to edit last week, but um
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it usually transcends into chaos.
1: <laughs> so the news roundup where Leanne gives us three new stories. And the first one has always started traditionally with a word of the week.
0: New word alert.
1: What I, have you got, Leah?
0: Well, I, I can't take credit for this one. You uh, you sent me this one, Al
1: i did i did i mentioned it last week i think on the end of the end of the podcast yeah. i didn't know whether you're going to use it or not but i'm, I'm of chuffed a bit, you have of course
0: so yeah our word of the week is quit talk <laughs> oh, god i know i know i know unsurprising it's something to do with with the tick tock which i believe is what the kids are calling it are you all right there
1: <laughs> sorry i just banged my water <laughs> into my microphone sorry
0: um, so yeah, it goes back to July 2021, a simpler time. Al, but there was a clip of uh, in the UK a McDonald's worker um, who quit mid-shift. Um, obviously, put it on TikTok, filmed that on TikTok. Why wouldn't you? Why, why would one not? Um, and it went viral. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so that was that was kind of the moment that started lots of other creators start to do similar real-time footage of the moment they told their bosses, "I quit." Um, So yeah, these are the hashtag quit talk videos, taking different forms since either people leaving on a Zoom call, documenting the point they hand in their letter of resignation, um, or clips of actually of telling their boss um, that real time moment when workers quit. Thoughts?
1: It makes me think of when someone said Facebook groups are not like airports, you do not need to announce your departure and i kind of (laughs) and i kind of feel the same with the whole tiktok thing it makes me feel a little bit sick and obviously that's because i'm gen x not two generations away from gen z but why are you filming that shit if i bet most of you just most people who do that just want to have like loads and loads of views I bet that's what they're doing
0: that could be that could be one argument another argument is that as you say you know gen z they've they've grown up digital natives they've they've learned how to be in the world through social media if you grow up using um you know using social media recording and sharing things constantly why wouldn't you do that to share the larger more significant moments in your life i'm shocked by the number of live birthing videos that seem to be popping
1: up i'm sorry whoa 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 back <laughs> the fuck up what did you just say
0: yeah, well, not like, not like, not like business end. Not business end. Jesus. Yeah, but like the my birth story, type thing. And to be fair, it's still quite graphic. You still see a little something, come out of, out of another human. By that I mean another human child, a baby, yeah. come out of a human. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, apparently, if I mean no judgment, if that's what you you guys want to do and that's how you express yourself, um, then. Um, and and I think that's one of the things that people have said they get a lot of support from it a lot of um, you know I've been there good for you this is so inspirational um so yeah, I mean, and we'll see. And of course, you know, we are not against quitting toxic workplaces. Absolutely, stand up for yourself and and do what's right for your own mental health and your own career as well. Long term, long term implications can't really be sure what what they are. Um, I mean, if everyone's doing it, what difference does it make? Well, I don't know. Um, I, can't,
1: I can't see that ending well for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thing is, yeah, as an individual, we don't know. Maybe it will affect your future career opportunities. It, as a business owner, it's worrying though. In terms of employer brand, in terms of kind of employee engagement, attracting talent, that is that is not. I know they say like no, no, all press is what do they say? What's no that publicity
1: mean? is bad publicity.
0: Yeah, in this case, I'm not sure that's true. No,
1: I don't think that is true, and it's fair enough if that's what you want to do, but that wouldn't be my choice. But then I am 25 years older than you, so. Yeah.
0: Okay, so what what else is this week? I'll let me tell you. I'm not sure if you would have heard. There's a little thing called Chat GPT 4 that's been rolled out.
1: Chat. Now, is, is it Chat but Jupiter? Is that the way you say it? Chat
0: Jupiter. Is exactly how I pronounce it. Yeah, Chat Jupiter. So yeah, more capabilities than ever. And I saw I saw quite an interesting thing. I'm not here for the technology, you know that. But I saw something that was you know lots of people have been experimenting with it. And apparently, there's there's a survey that's been done that shows that more than 40% of professionals have used it at work, but 70% of them did it without telling their bosses. <laughs> I love
1: this. I love this. I'm a huge fan of AI, not just because my name looks like AI, uh, but I absolutely love it. And I think, that, to be fair, you've got to be living on the moon uh, to not know what ChatGPT is now. What I've been using it for is just all kinds of weird things. Like I had to do, I had to work out what the interest rate on a mortgage would have to be based on the principal and based on what my target payment was. Now, I could write out using my school algebra what the equation was. Could I solve it for why? Could I? Balls. So I went to ChatGPT and I said, Given that I've got this number, this number, this number represented by this, can you write the equation out and then solve it for Y? Of course it could. And so basically, I put that back in. Yeah, and I put it back into Google Sheets and it worked. And I was like, right, you know, that would have taken me probably an hour. To work it out before and go and research mm-hmm. it, and probably go and put post it on a help desk and wait for like three days for someone to come back to us. So that is brilliant. I wrote some code for uh, some code with it the other day. Came out, worked perfectly first time. I asked it to rewrite the bio for this particular podcast. The Anne wrote out it was brilliant, and we both said, shall we have a go with ChatGPT and see if they can do a good job?" I said, "This is the bio. This is the that's the other thing about ChatGPT." Sorry, I'm getting excited now. Is that is that each conversation remembers what you've said above it, even if it was like a few day, a few weeks before? So I've named the conversations like podcast, and so I can go back to the podcast and go. And I asked it, "Do you remember what we were talking about with my podcast?" Uh, our podcast obviously but chat GPT is not about you it's it's, it's, it's not something. <laughs> well,
0: i thought we'd met you introduced me
1: yes but a different chat although to be fair with, with the recent datedly bre- breaches then perhaps it does know everything about both of us now It mm. knows we're connected but but the fact is that i could just go in there and go you remember our, our podcast and they went yeah yeah i remember it it's this isn't it but yes now this is our bio we've written please have a go at rewriting it rewrote it brilliant first yeah. time so I think what, it's probably going to scare a lot of people because you think, oh my god, it could take our jobs. Yes, it's going to take some of the jobs, but it's also going to create others. There's something called a prompt engineer now, which is a proper job, and it's people who will who will basically create prompts for Mid Journey, for graphics, uh, Dali, um, for um, you know ChatGPT, and all the other AI uh, AI stuff. So there's, it's actually creating more jobs. And I kind of see it as sliding up the scale. So now we've got this sort of large language model that to analyze the data. We no longer need someone to go through and read a spreadsheet and summarize it, or perhaps to go through and say, oh, do me a favor, um, Arthur, will you just read through all those emails, those 60 emails and just summarize them for you? You can ask ChatGPT or you can ask AI to do that. So I think we are, it's just going to move us slightly up the more important scale. Sure, there are going to be some people who lo- lose their jobs, um, but they were probably at risk anyway by... Offshoring or finding someone who's slightly better at it at adding up. No, no offense to any accountants here.
0: It's true, and I think my my little take on that. Also, I'm loving. You can see, like, if we talked about kind of your world, like marketing and tech, what the, what the podcast would be like. Mm. <laughs> That's why we get on so well because I have nerd out. We sound the same. It's like, oh my god, I'm this and then this and then this and then <laughs> this.
1: Anyway, sorry, do I need to cut some of that out?
0: no i think it was beautiful i loved it um but i think i agree i don't think it's my thing with like and the whole you know with the, the survey growth like 40 percent of professionals used it 7 percent didn't tell their bosses that just again highlights that there's just no trust between mm-hmm. employees and bosses because they're gonna you know they're probably imagining they're gonna react badly my point is and you said this to me once like that the best people to hire are intelligent and lazy yeah because they're gonna find just that all that kind of stuff that can just be done quicker and yeah. just diverts their value added time back to the business i don't understand i would be thrilled if my member of staff came back to you with that because like brilliant what else what else can you do to make this world more fe- effective and efficient and all that you know,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. so what else you got leah
0: well, something else that I was reading, and I thought it was again topical into our conversation with Stella today. Um, I was reading an article um, in Stylist magazine.
1: That doesn't—I've been mean, looking at you. That doesn't <laughs> seem like the kind of magazine for you. <laughs> How dare you? Just describe what you're wearing right now. <laughs> she's she's looking glamorous. She's looking lovely. This I is am, obviously a joke. I
0: am shocked. <laughs>
1: This is obviously a joke. If you listen to us now, you'll know that it's just banter. I think she's beautiful <laughs> and she's amazing. So, you, so, you were learning so. how to be stylish in this magazine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to play anymore.
1: Come on, come on! You're a professional broadcaster. You should be able to get through this.
0: So there's an article. It caught my attention because it was <laughs> it was called "Low Dopamine Mornings May Improve Well Being." Okay. So I thought, hmm, okay, interested. So I read through it, and it's basically it's saying if you start your day with low stress, low stimulation activities, it helps you maintain clarity and focus throughout your day. Um, apparently, it's been a popular lifestyle choice within. The ADHD community uh, for some time, uh, basically because lower dopamine helps to, to curb hyperactivity and increase focus. So, would you like to know uh, some tips around having this um, low dopamine morning? Yeah. One, avoid your phone for at least an hour after waking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tricky. Two, wait for 90 minutes before having any caffeine.
1: Right, this sounds like a shit morning to me. <laughs>
0: Three, eat a high-protein breakfast. Oh, we do that. Four, complete a low-stress task like emptying the dishwasher. Mm. And five, swap your early morning hit workouts or sprints or high-energy workouts for low-intensity workouts such as a walk or Pilates.
1: Now we do that. We do a walk yeah, with yeah. the dog every single morning. So. That, that, I mean, To be fair, I have noticed that if you wake up and I go for a walk with a dog, when I come back, I feel like I've had a little bit of a break. Apart from this morning when it was blowing a gale, it was like midwinter.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: I, t- I don't know. I didn't know if this was maybe a challenge, Al. I think I think the hour of not having my phone, I'd probably get into habit quite quickly. The 90 minutes before caffeine, I think it's going to be hard. Mm. But yeah, what do you reckon? Do you want to uh, do a little challenge for next week and we'll report back?
1: Nope. Okay then. <laughs> Shall we move on to the show?
0: So, our very first founder that we are showcasing is Stella Smith, which you know is the founder and CEO of Perks. Now, Stella describes herself always first and foremost, and I've seen this in every interview she's done, every article she's been featured in. She always describes herself first and foremost as a mum to her daughter and then as a founder and a CEO. So as we said, PerX is a technology platform and is on a mission to make wellbeing benefits affordable and accessible to everyone. But before we learn more about who Stella is today and what she's up to, let's look back at where it all started at just 16 years old, when she not only left school, but also left home. She started a full-time job at McDonald's um, and then a job at Midland Bank, which is now part of HSBC. She started as a data waste clerk, which is sorting checks, Gen X's and young millennials listening. If you don't know what a check is, Google it. Um, and (laughs) And then she raised quickly through the ranks, ending up incredibly on the financial markets trading floor. She describes it as a fairy tale story.
1: I think a lot of leaders who start at the bottom and work their way up, they learn so much on the way up that it's just you—you you kind of have this different way of looking at the world. Like I was speaking to an agency owner who started as an intern, now a CEO, um, and uh, and he just knows every single aspect of the of the business now. So, I mean, Stella describes herself as being independent from the age of eleven. So we had to ask, does she see this as a key trait for entrepreneurs? Being responsible
2: for your own well-being so uh, making sure that you're fed and clothed and you know able to eat and everything else I think having that from a young age certainly makes you more resilient and I think that I don't even like to call myself an entrepreneur. it's one of those words that doesn't feel like it's me um and i I don't uh impost syndrome I don't have that, but it just doesn't feel like a, I, I think that you have to get up and go to work in the morning or many of us do I'm very lucky I've done well in life and 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 maybe that's a little change now, but if you're going to get up and you're going to do something in the morning, you might as well do it to the best of your ability because you have to be there and and so i don't I don't think of myself as entrepreneur I think of myself as trying to take um uh, advantage of best opportunity, or making best of an opportunity that presents itself, and going to work every morning for me is an opportunity to do something.
0: When we were chatting to Stella, she was saying how her mum and dad always said she had the Midas touch—that um, you know that, that she was lucky. Whatever she touched turned to gold. And Stella gave us the example of how she bought um, Banksy prints for £150 before Banksy was, well, well Banksy. Uh, and she told everyone, you know, she told everyone she knew that this will be the next big thing, the next big artist, and, and some less than didn't, apparently some didn't.
1: But I think this, people who say they're lucky, this, this, this is one of my trigger words, oh, you're lucky you are. The fact is, that has Stella bought 100 prints and has 99 of them turned out to be worth the same as what they paid, she paid for them 20 years ago? If that's the case, then it's not luck. She's just been there in the right place. I think there's a whole thing. There's there's a fortuitous situation. And then there's blind luck. Winning the lottery is almost blind luck, but you still have to buy a ticket. But I think that people who who say, oh, she's lucky because she's done this. No, I think she was the right place at the right time. And of course, to be in the right place at the right time, you've got to be literally be there and be up and ready to look for opportunities. So yes, seeing a Banksy or buying a Banksy for 150 quid is lucky, but working your way up from check sorter to the trading floor is not lucky. It's putting in the time and the work to ensure you're in that right place at the right time. So talking to stocks and shares, I asked Stella a bit more about what it's like to work in that kind of environment.
2: I think working on a financial markets floor in your 20s, um, and you're talking, you know, unfortunately I'm talking 20 years ago now, because I'm getting older, uh, or at least 15 years ago, um, What an amazing experience, particularly from someone with the background that I have. Um, I, I still get uh, goosebumps in my stomach when I think about those times i was incredibly senior uh, incredibly young age and i had no fear um i didn't think anything of it i was just doing the best i could do every day so um that you know I, I watched on the I, I worked at hboss um and i'd worked at lloyd's prior so i knew a lot of the characters at lloyd's when i moved across to uh You know, i watched people who had been working in the bank you know, that, you know, that view that you know bankers are awful and everything. that's not true you know there might be a couple of baddies in every organization none in perks um I've made sure of that but, but you know you always get some that are not wonderful to work with or wherever you go I watch people who are good people that got up to earn livings for their families um sit there and they've been in the bank for a very long time and I was watching the share price go on the on the screens and I was their boss you know to you know of, of some people who are much older than me and I watched them not just watch their jobs go out the window but I watched them watch all their savings because they obviously had shares in the bank go out the window too and you know there were redundancies and there were tough times um and I I think that's a I think you should always stand up for your team um and so I'm I'm proud that I stood up for my team in 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 those kind of scenarios and I I had an amazing what what an amazing career Um, It just doesn't doesn't feel like it was mine, you know, just cool things that you've done. Um, But I think that watching those difficulties, watching those troubles, learning compliance, learning regulation, um, it's not an exciting answer, but I was schooled in um, discipline. Um, and the discipline of operating a business very well from that backdrop. And of course, I had lots of fun, you know, on a trading floor. um, Have have you ever been on a financial markets floor? In the olden days, and remember, uh, this was uh, foreign exchange money markets derivatives. This is not... um, Stocks and shares, um, but you would you would basically you'd have six screens even back then, you know, and you'd have two uh, little um, uh, phones on your uh, desk, and they have like little light switches. So a customer would come in and they'd be shouting an order here, and you'd have something called a score box in front of you, um, and so you'd get to press a button and, or yell and scream across the, the to get a price, and then you'd have to quickly in your head. I mean now it's all machines, and uh, but back then you do it in your head and then check the machine uh, and then and then take the price back. it was incredibly fast, so I think. Learning that fast pace, um, understanding that business can be painful, but we have to find the best in that pain. You know, uh, it, there's the job of making people redundant. You know, because there's no choice, the, the, the business and and how you make sure that when those people walk out, they get the best deal and they're walking out with a smile as much as they can. That's a that's a big lesson to learn in your twenties. That uh, you know, I think you you learn responsibility. So underlining my thoughts, my my rant before,
1: Stella worked hard. She took advantage where she could and saved some cash when she could. But when it got tough, she stood up for people. Now I'm a great believer in that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And people remember when you're going to go to bat for them. So this leads to opportunities. Now, opportunities don't always pan out, but Stella's clearly a nice person with great ethics. Um, And at that point, she did have a little bit of money saved. So there were people coming to her saying, I'm looking to do this. And she did actually invest in some of those projects. Of course, it doesn't always turn out well, but the more people you can help, the more likely it's going to work work out in the end. So this is what happened after the global financial crisis of 2008 and 2009.
2: I made some money. So for effectively, when it got to 2008, and eight, nine in the crash, um, I have got to stay at home for two years. And what happened was, when you become good at money is people come to you. So the reason it sounds so eclectic, you know, an ex-girlfriend invested in a nightclub, it wasn't the best idea. So I popped some money in and tried to help her out. Um, you know, my brother uh, lives in Thailand. So you end up doing things around friends and family. So not to set the world on fire, um, not to create you know the biggest, next biggest thing, more that there's an opportunity to employ and work with and make nice a nice life for those people that you love and care for. And I ended up with a number of little things. Um, I also now sit on some boards. So I sit on the board of a couple of charitable uh, interests and I sit on um, a structured debt fund and some other things as well, where I think I can add value. And I think, you know, I, I think you get to the point where if something presents itself and you can fit it in in amongst the busy schedule, you can't help yourself.
0: So as Stella explained, she started and built various businesses and employing others. And she was keen with that, with her team to provide the the type of health and well-being benefits that she'd become accustomed to in the corporate space. But she couldn't. The providers were catering for big organizations. They didn't want to look after the small guys. And to use Stella's own words, this got on her nerves. So she decided to do something about it. And in 2019, founded Perks on the belief that it is an injustice that well-being benefits should be reserved for only a small minority working in large corporates with big pockets. Her goal was to change
2: this for good. Yeah, Uh, well, I think it's for everybody. um, It's the short answer that doesn't have access to this stuff. So there's around 3.2 billion workers in the world. Um, Only 9% of them have access to workplace wellness. Um, So that's the kind of things when I worked in the big... Banking organisations where you know, you're know you obviously given your pension and your pay here in the UK, but you're often given ancillary benefits like, for example, private health care or access to a gym or access to counselling or, or further support where that organisation puts it in place for you. Um, those that are excluded in that big number, um, a big proportion of those either work in smaller businesses or they're self-employed. The whole point of Perks was that I had a number of smaller businesses and I'd worked in a large organisation. So I was just, well, I want to look after my people. Let me get some of the stuff that I was given for my teams. And I couldn't because the providers in the space didn't want to service that smaller a party. It didn't make, sort of efficient sense for them to do that cost, I'm assuming, is the driver and inclination because they were making plenty of money elsewhere. Any founder or entrepreneur is likely to be very familiar with this. Step
1: one is you search for what you want. Step two, you can't find it. Step three, you search for thinking, surely it must exist. And so step four, you build it yourself. But it's a hard problem. And of course it's going to be a hard problem. Because if it wasn't, it would have been solved before. I mean, how do
2: you build one platform that solves well being for everybody? And that was the conundrum that I was set with when I I am not the epitome of health and well-being. Um, You know, I'm uh, definitely not. Um, There's many in my team that are far healthier than I, if you were to take it on. So so I had to build a platform that could speak to everybody. Stella
0: explained to us that she doesn't believe anyone is good at strategy, although you may have a, a gut feel for it. Instead, she believes that mapping data makes strategy clearer. So that's what she did. Starting with defining well-being.
2: So essentially, um, we uh, took it back to the dictionary definition, which is the state of being happy, healthy or comfortable. So whilst I don't know what's going to sort your well-being out individually, because I don't know you well enough to be able to say, oh, I think, oh, you know, I'd send him off to a spa for a massage or he'd, you know, he'd have a, love, a, love, a lovely long walk or he needs loads more vitamins. I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, what we can do by the dictionary definition, happy, healthy or comfortable, is work out the determinants of human happiness, the determinants of human health and the determinants of humans being more comfortable. So what we do at Perks is set have up five channels, some big, broad subject matter that we think breaks that down. So your health is your physical and mental health your financial well-being because there's a lot of impact on that to your physical and mental health uh, social interaction and family learning because there's a lot of science between learning and then reward and recognition or motivation to do things and what we do is we gather together lots of benefits and services under each of those topics so there's something for everybody so I think that we we tend to win on um, price and product debt so let me give you a corporate answer to that first of all so that 40 of benefits and services at that price point and we, we try and find the best and the best you know, we looked at all the different services we could find in the counselling space and try to find suppliers that we think you know give us the the, the best for for the money um, and best not just in terms of how much it costs best in terms of the quality of the service you know how responsive they are and everything else so so I think in terms of product depth and breadth we tend to we, we tend to win versus our competition
0: it really is the impressive thing about perks as Stella says there are over 40 benefits and they span health wealth education they include on-demand GP services discounted private health cover counselling mental health support shopping discounts skills training courses and is all delivered via a uniquely flexible configurable self-service platform
2: so what we did was build a piece of technology that aggregates together all of those benefits and serves it up to either uh, workers in smaller businesses, although we have now some very large customers yeah. as well, um, and for the individual worker. And what the platform does is it aggregates together all those benefits and services that don't relate to payroll. Um, so we've got 24-7 access to a doctor, 365 days a year. It's really cool. Just for the doctor, it's worth it, especially having a five-year-old. Um, you know, you can have – it's for everybody in your household that's a – that's of the same family and unlimited appointments. No cheaty bits, no extra charges. They can do prescriptions. They can give referrals back into the NHS or to private health care. So that's a that's a great benefit. But alongside that, there's 24-7 counselling. Again, for everybody in the household aged over 16, there's different rules, obviously, once it gets to children and, and, and minors. Um, digital physio, virtual gym classes, discounted gyms, uh, cash back off your everyday spend, which in cost of living crisis is really important. And basically, it's about 40 benefits and services and you can use the app or you can use the desktop and it's just £3.75 a month plus VAT. When
1: Stella told me this, I was a bit like, that doesn't sound very expensive. And she kind of agreed. She said, yeah, I, I think that's one of our biggest problems is that it is cheap and so people think it's cheap. It was inexpensive, I so think it's cheap. So I said, how do you even get all that for like four quid a month?
2: you have built an incredible piece of kit that means that I can serve that audience without having such high cost because I'm using technology to do it. And so what we're effectively doing is using technology to aggregate together all of those individual, diverse people. So instead of having one business with 70,000 workers, we are one unit as Perks, the family, but we're an aggregation of all the individuals, all the SME businesses, which means that that gives me the fighting power to go and get good deals that I can then bring to that membership and audience to to get them access to really important and meaningful stuff at the right price. Um, And I I think that that our technology is what allows us to do that. You can actually custom Perks. So um, even if you've just got two people in your team, You can go in and you can click in. You can change the logo so it's, I don't know, let's just say it's ABC Bakery Limited. I'm looking at a bakery opposite outside my window. Um, You can make it ABC Bakery Team Hub. Um, You can pick and choose from our benefits. You can add your own stuff onto the system as well. And to be able to do that for £3.75 a month per profit for each person is a you know that, that makes us very special i think i think this
1: is what's so good about the modern tech stack that stuff that 15 years ago as, as stella was going to say is could, would have taken you a hundred thousand pounds and a load of like hardware to to launch you can now do with five pound a month on amazon aws but i do love this obsession with it being simple and just working Now, there's a guy called Arthur C. Clarke who wrote 2001 Space Odyssey back in 1960s. And he's got a famous quote. I think he's got three laws, the Clarke laws or something. This is one of those three. I can't remember which which one it is. And he said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable
2: from magic. And that's what Stella and her team have done organizations that are technological but you know they pay an agency to build technology i i have a technology team in house we do I, I can do user journeys wireframes i could even write a functional spec but my cto would probably put red marks all over it these days because i haven't done one for a long time um you know our technology starts on my bed wall on my office wall with me drawing my cto then turns that into something that's uh, logical and gives me a hard time we tend to row um and uh and then we've got teams that that deploy that technology so i think that's a that's a major advantage of having something in your head that you then turn into a reality is the ability to do that and we started playing the technology my cto and i back in 2010 you know and things that take you Weeks to build now and cost this much money to do. Um, back then, would cost you know tens of thousands of pounds and take months and months and months. So um, we we understand technology and therefore my, my 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 saying to my team is we should solve everything with a magic wand. So uh, for example, in our cashback service, you know we get money back on household spend. Like, wouldn't it be cool if you could just do nothing? and it just magically appears um, and instead of putting that on the kind of you know well that sounds difficult we made it happen so we literally you know made it connect to online banking now with about 300 retailers um, that ability to solve and with technology there's this downsides to technology but the upside to technology is if you can think it if you can dream it if you can articulate it and you have the time the money and the inclination then you can build it.
0: I am quickly interrupting this phenomenal podcast to recommend another phenomenal podcast, Nudge. We love Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, a true gent. Anyway, listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. I love that from the very start, Stella has always focused on the customers that she's serving. And as she says, you know, it's, it's actually a really great coaching question. And I've heard it used with business leaders and in terms of their team development, their business development. But I also think in terms of ideation, you know, if you had a magic wand, what, what are we fixing? What are we, what need are we answering with this? So unsurprisingly, what flood was an incredible story of growth. So just to recap, Perks launched in the UK in January 2019. As a first self-serve, low-cost benefits platform. For the self-employed and small and medium businesses. 12 months later, in January 2020, Perks secured over £1 million in seed funding and by June had successfully launched in Australia, onboarding its first client within day one of launch. That same month, June 2020, Todd Rupert, the ex-CEO of Row Price Global Investment, joins the Perks board as a non-executive director, uh, joining uh, the chairman, Dan Cobley, who you may have heard of, the ex-MD of google uk by june 2022 perks raised three million pounds in pre-series a funding Um, and it's yeah it's tracking to achieve its goal of one million members by 2025 so i've got to wonder is this another story of luck is it that midas touch at work again
1: I don't think so.
2: I don't
0: think so either.
2: I think we work blooming hard. Um, there's a, you know, I, I do, uh, which is not very well-being. You know, this last weekend I worked 16 hours on Saturday and nine hours on Sunday. I average 50 meetings a week. Um, that is a sprint, not a jog, in terms of wanting to get our mission done. And I, I think it's because we're, we're very driven. But we have fun along the way. You know, we make sure we account for, and that's me rather than on my team, otherwise I'm held up as some horror. Um, the um, yeah I think we've worked very hard and we've we've had to hack uh like every young business, but we're here because um imagine if you're sitting in your hands and you thought you had a piece of technology that could change the outcome for millions of people, then you know uh, we may fail um We may not get it exactly right, but right now live, we are getting it right because there's 13,000 people that can have a doctor and a counsellor right this second. So I'm very proud of my team. It's teamwork, it's hard work, it's graft, and I think it's technology capability in-house gives us an advantage to be meaningful.
0: We talk a lot on this podcast about leaders needing to... To provide a really clear reason, a clear purpose, work that has purpose and meaning, and providing that to their employees, I think this is a really, really great example, and not just one in terms of kind of that altruistic drive that that Stella has, but clearly seeing a very big gap in the market and capitalising on that with all the the skills, knowledge, and experience that she's got. I I want to can I can I join the team, please, Stella? Employ me. <laughs>
1: I think I totally agree, and I think that with a lot of uh, businesses who start off, they they kind of they, they're seeking this product market fit where people actually do want to buy the stuff. Um, but they're also like, oh, well, we've got to make it profitable from day one. And I think what Stella's done brilliantly here is that she's gone, I've got a mission to help 13,000 people access stuff and medical care they wouldn't necessarily be able to get. Um, so that's my mission. That's what gets me out of, out, you know, out of bed in the morning. Probably what gets her to go on Raise Capital to continue to do this. Um, but then she's not daft. She doesn't sit there and go, oh, we achieved, uh, achieved our goal. Isn't it lovely? Oh, we're losing a bit of money, but
2: we'll go and gain. Th- no, no. She goes, right, the next three years, we're going to make this profitable. Part of me in perks has changed, I think, in the last three years, which is, you know, we get up in the morning and I'm looking at, you know, can I make this thing profitable so it's sustainable forever? You know, what, what's my gross margin? How long are my sales cycle? All the good stuff that you would do as a, a leader in a business that's growing. But at the same time, I've got, I think I can put doctors into areas in South Africa that have no uh, affordable health care for sub a pound this year. And I think I can make a difference on and I think my team can make a difference to that statement. And it's very odd as a character with my background that's kind of, you know, fought my way up to then find yourself in a position where you actually think you can do something that's, you know, that in real life, we have 13,000 customers that can access a doctor and a counselor today, right now, this second, because perks exists And that's a different driver. And I've never... Uh, you know I've always hopefully done the right thing by people but I've never had that it would be remiss for us not to move forward with it that that, that's how I feel about it now and I think that's uh a that's an interesting place to sit as a human
0: being. Stella, please accept my resume in your email shortly after this episode. Is. <laughs>
2: Are you leaving me?
0: No, but it's just so inspiring, isn't it? To it see is. an organisation just just have that that marriage of, of kind of human drive and, and helping people and also building a great business where people want to work and, and will thrive. And um, while also, you know, making some money along the way. But if you are one of our earlier listeners, you may remember us talking about the deadly arithmetic of compassion. Do you remember this album?
1: I do. Yeah, it was um, a charity advert was it trying to raise donations
0: that's how it's how it's applied right. yeah in the charity sector usually so the story will focus on one person rather than the millions of people who, who might be starving um and it's basic because our, our feeling systems can't count um so you know it, it it's it's hard for us to empathize and 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 feel compassion for 13,000 people. Um, so you might not be overly impressed with that statistic, 13,000 customers that that Perks has helped so far. And, you know, Stella understands this as well, and she's keen to gather individual stories from customers to keep her focused and to energise her team.
2: We basically had uh, one gentleman that um, had been misdiagnosed, and it was a particular, you know, hard-to-discuss type one, and it was a, you know, a, a traumatic misdiagnosis. Um... And um, I'm making sure I'm anonymizing this as I'm speaking, but it um it actually made me cry, so I'm giving you the one that made me cry um and um Claire and my team was on the phone to this gentleman for an hour and a quarter um when I worked in the banks um if you didn't have you know 10, 20, 150 million, you didn't get to talk to me about your money. You know, I was very, very senior at, at then. I'd like everyone who talks to Perks to feel like they're worth £100 million to us, even though they pay us £3.75. So if someone calls us, we, we take the time. There's a human being. And so Claire spent, you know, not selling anything, not doing anything, but uh, just listening. And Claire is not medically qualified, my head of customer. Normally people would speak to the doctor, the cancer, but this chap just wanted to speak. And he wrote us a beautiful email um, some weeks later and he basically said um, you know it's not that I don't have the ability to talk about this issue it's just that I've been in agony for nine months and um, I'm just saying the same thing to my friend I can talk to my friends and family he was in his 40s but I'm just saying the same negative thing because I've got no outcome and he said um, uh, he said I, I spoke to you first of all thank you for spending an hour and a on the phone to me um, but secondly I gave you £4.50 because he couldn't claim the veto but it's just an individual person um, and um, I um, you gave me somebody to speak to on the same day and I'm still speaking to them moreover um, I'm standing here and I got a referral from the GP that I also got for the same £4.50 and I've now got a prescription and I've been you know, diagnosed with X and I've now got some medication that I'm about to get so I think perks must be divine intervention that is an extreme example which obviously touched the hearts of
1: my team. Again regular listeners will know that Leanne and I used to be in the Samaritans where we met Um, and so we know the power of just having someone who can just listen to you non-judgmentally and that can make such a difference but couple that with the fact that this gentleman had got an issue and he—I don't know whether he had the money to solve it. I don't know whether he couldn't find the right people to solve it. But he just basically sent a fiver to to Stella's company, and then the very next day he's got a prescription in his hand and he's got this diagnosis. It's just—it's just incredible. And this brings me on to the other thing is that when I first heard of perks, I thought it was like a company thing. So you had to be a company, you had to have employees. And I've seen lots of them like this. Well, not the same as perks. But I've seen lots of them like this where you do have this company kind of policy. But she's saying no. You can just be individuals. You can literally just ring up and say, "Yeah, I'm just Joe Blogs. Can I just give you a fiver?" and you can help me and of course you can. So we go back to this idea of Stella solving her own problem. She's got a young daughter herself and an extended family and they all get to enjoy the perks of
2: Perks. We have a very um, clear and health crisis. I mean, we've had Problems for a long time and they're going to be here for a long time. I think perks can play a small part in, um, solving some of that for individuals in the sense that, you know, you can literally click on the, the app and, and, and I've, and, and I have, I mean, I must have had seven calls over Christmas from family or friends that were having issues and then signed up to perks and then they, you know, managed to see a doctor and get themselves sorted. Uh, so I think the doctor, the counsellor, um, you know, that service, I often think, do you know, I tried the counselling myself. Um, I, I've used the doctor 13 times for my daughter last year. I definitely got my £4.50s worth, right, in, in, in my, and, I, and I made my mum and dad pay for perks because it had to be good enough um, that they chose to pay for it um, because I would obviously normally get stuff from my mum and dad. I, it needed to be of value enough that that they would pay the money. Um, but that counselling, when I, I tried the service um, and it was amazing, and I I guess I've always been, and this is very personal, I suppose, but I've always been of the mindset my problems aren't bad enough to have to go and talk to somebody about. Um, I, I was actually, I got COVID very badly, um, in the first round and, um, I became more, I mean, I was still wearing a mask when everyone had lost their masks because I got pneumonia twice. I was, uh, you know, Poorly, very poorly with it, and it, and it was scary. Um, and they gave me a couple of little exercises. I mean, I didn't do all the six sessions, so I'd probably, you know, fail my own part of it. But in those first two sessions, they gave me two little exercises that I still employ for other things now, and it solved it for me. Now, I would never have troubled anyone, because to be honest, wearing a mask for bit extra day, does that really hurt anyone or me specifically? Not really. But it wasn't a good thing. And by having something that was affordable, I would never, you know, normally to pay for a counsellor, it'd be a reasonable amount of money or you'd be on a very long waiting list. And yet I could deal with my issues. I I think that... um, the council and the doctor are very important, but I also think, uh, and the gym discounts are very popular and the cashback is very popular. They're, they're, oh, and digital So They're probably your top five. Um, I would say that resilience building is just as important as diagnosis and fix. So, you know, part of the issue when I was interviewed uh, last week is, You know, we're talking about how you can alleviate pressure at at diagnosis or fixed point. I actually think that what Perks needs to do going forward and does already, but can do even better is start with that resilience building piece. Like we've got a little bit that checks in on your mental health. Now, even if you're in a, in a great set, well, let's maintain that. Let's improve that. Um, let's improve our physical health so that we, you know, there's, there's some horrific stats around preventable diseases and deaths you know i mean i get to look at that stuff these days in my see um wouldn't it be cool if we could change that number a bit um and and i i think it'd be good if we could focus in on that so the top ones are um uh doctor counselor um gym uh, discounts cashback and the digital physio i would say
0: stella raises a really interesting point there about trouble accessing uh counseling and, and mental health support but particularly for I guess lower level law or, or not as, as acute needs. Um and I've experienced that myself. I tried to access um counseling when I got to, when we got run over from the car park.
1: You <laughs> got run in Wales.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this isn't funny it isn't funny but i got run over in a car park i wasn't seriously hurt but i I just anxiety really kind of kicked up from it um but i you know the doctor was like oh i can but it's going to be a six month waiting list um i can give you anti-anxiety antidepressants i was like i don't think it's medication bad so i didn't do anything um and then about 12 months later do remember we got carjacked on the way to samaritan and a dude with a baseball bat nearly tried to kill us yeah this is all true by the way Oh, true. So unsurprisingly, after that, that triggered something a, a bit more in terms of my anxiety. And I started about, I'd probably again, another six months after that. And I went to the, the doctors again to, you know, talk about some of these symptoms I was having, because I didn't know if it was a, it was a virus as well, because I was having lots of vertigo. Um, and I said, you know what, this happened, maybe I need to speak to somebody. And I remember the, on, the, the nurse kind of said, oh, I don't know, that's head stuff. And did like the, you know, the curly
1: Ooh, wow. finger How long to long the head.
0: This? This would have been twenty twelve.
1: So ten years ago. So ten
0: ago. years ago, yeah. Um so again I, I didn't access it and then about six months later I had a panic attack so bad that I had to I had to call an ambulance on the M56 in the northwest of of England. So I can see how this, it's probably something that I could have, again, as as still I said, learned some of these, these coping strategies that might have helped me then curb this later escalation of what became quite acute anxiety. Um so yeah, it is, it's, it's a it's it's a problem that I empathize with if you're thinking my mental health challenges aren't that bad. There are people with much worse challenges still on waiting lists that is true um but if we address it a bit earlier we can sometimes stop it it progressing um, and you know as, as Stella says this is access shouldn't be reserved to the people that work for big corporations or can afford to, to pay for it themselves um, so yeah I'm, I'm thinking that's one of the really cool things about perks as well um, yeah I mean yeah you might be listening going this is really nice and you might be losing complete focus on Stella's story and just thinking perk sounds pretty awesome I need this for my business I need it for myself um, but as you said before Al, is it all just a bit too good to be true and I thought the same when I first came across perks back in in 2020 um but as stella explains it's it's really not too good to be true the price point is made possible by once again understanding the
2: data i'm supposed to use the word affordable but it's cheap do you know why it's cheap because i built it for 64 massage therapists and 100 people i worked in the first time. so there needed to be enough money to get out of bed to do the job and there needed to be the right price to pay because i was i was only going to be my there was no I'm going to build this to be the next big thing. It was genuinely, I want to get this stuff and it got on my nerves that I couldn't get it because basically they were, they didn't want to look after us because we were the small guy. And obviously I've probably got a bit of a chip on my shoulder for standing up for the little guy. And, you know, or or, I don't know, but it it irritated me. And I think, you know, I I think you could easily charge a lot more for posts, but why should I? I think I need to get out of bed and do the, we're a high volume, low value business. And my job to make money is to go and do lots of it to make it successful um but yeah and that we get that too good to be true. in fact i've even worked with behavioral scientists to look at the design to say how can you make it feel like it's not too good to be true um because it's such a cheap price point but do you know how it works how it's so cheap no um so, so it's really simple um like some of the benefits and services we build and deliver. So it's the cost of my technology team to build kudos where you get to give high fives and or survey funds. You know, we build a piece of technology and it's a cost of hosting that, but once you've built it, you kind of really pay for it, you're just maintaining it, right? Or making it better. Um for things like the doctors and the counsellors, um, let's take the doctor if we, if we owned a gym. Uh, together, and we had 10 running machines. This is the example I always use because I think it's the easiest way to visualize how the perps unit economics works essentially. Um, is and we have 3,000 members. If everybody turns up at 10 a.m. tomorrow to use our 10 machines, we're, we're screwed, we don't have a gym any longer. But there is lots of data to tell usage of GP services and counselling services, what times they happen, how often they happen, how many times an individual would, which gives you a data set, which will tell you, therefore, how many in the gym analogy, how many machines you would need to service, how many gym members. We have the same in our world that we know, broadly speaking, what kind of bank of doctors you would need or uh, qualified counsellors to service that audience. So. Uh, That means you don't need a doctor for every single member. So that's how we essentially get the price point to where it is. This
1: idea of overselling, the gyms use it, airlines use it, insurance
2: company uses it. You know,
1: even the bank we've seen recently with SVB Um, I think Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, I've seen with that, that as soon as everyone wants all their money out at once, they're kind of a little bit screwed. So (laughs) I have to be honest, the marketer in me still wants to create a tier that's 10 times more expensive just to make the standard tier look like an even bigger bargain. But it is interesting that uh, that, uh, Stella got a behavioral scientist in to have a look at it. And the lesson that personally I'm learning here as building Oblong and our podcast business up um, is that Stella's designed the her life to be however she wants it so if she wants to spend 16 hours on a Saturday because she's motivated to push this new feature then she can but she doesn't expect everyone to do this for example Aggie from her team who we speak to quite a lot um, she comes across the most happy and contented person in her work and I can imagine that Aggie would just as happy doing eight hours or 16 hours having a happy team is exactly on brand for perks whose mission it is to help all employees be happy and healthy
2: I, I think um you know we're we're all human aren't we 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 don't get everything I was really grouchy with my daughter on Saturday because I'd worked you know a a big week and um I did give her ice cream in the evening which is totally not well being with sweeties on top and chocolate and strawberry sauce to make up for it um but you know we're not perfect but what we can do is we can get up in the morning and at least try um and and my team are a amazing team of tryers like I I pick what uh, part of our interview criteria is you have to be nice, which is a very subjective uh, word to use. But, you know, the, the, the old fashioned basics that, you know, look after your friends and family, make sure you go out of your way to support them, all of that stuff. And finally, I'm in charge, um, which means I can demand that. Um, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to wish for that anymore. In my company, we can make sure that every get, I have, um, I had a 20 year old go and look at our global payment system. Why? Because I don't think we should be limited by age or experience. Um, and we sent him in to go and have the meetings with all the biggers that I should have been in. Um, because you know what? Sometimes you have to let people just fly. And I think that lifting the lid off, um, Anyone can do anything if they really put their mind to it, and they're blessed with the physical and uh, mental capacity to be able to do it. Um, anybody can do anything, and 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 I'm a, I'm living proof of that in my head. Um, you know, McDonald's, no, no results, and 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 living such a fairy tale of a of a dream of a life.
0: There are a couple of things I want to talk about there, Alf. That's okay if you'll indulge of me. But Stella said there that, that she looked one of her interview question criteria is, is is if people are nice, which seems quite subjective. I'm sure you use objective measures, Stella. I'm not questioning your interviewing process. But did you know, and I've had this conversation with people before, they've gone, I'm not sure if they're right for a management position. They're just a bit too nice. And it's like one of the things that the research has shown us consistently over and over again for decades now is one of the, the main traits of being an effective transformational leader. So a leader that drives drives change and inspires purpose and action is being likable and being likable is usually because you're nice. So I think actually that's a really great trait to, to look for in people. And secondly as well, I can't imagine that Stella has, I mean, she mentioned there about the 20-year-old, the so, so firmly in uh, Gen Z territory there, I can't imagine given her approach to empowering people, to providing opportunities for, for development and progression and to stretch themselves and use their skills, I can't imagine that Stella or Perks has any problem either recruiting or engaging Gen Z. I guess the, the,
2: the biggest thing is, isn't it amazing what you can do with a collection of people? And I, I say this to my team. I was like, we created a noun. It's a noun. Um and you know what? It was seven people sitting on some laptops in their spare rooms or home offices for those that were lucky enough to have them. Um and 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 Dan is part of that story, you know, how lucky are we to have yeah, I had Ash in my team, who's in charge of our SEO, sit down with the XMD of Google UK and Ireland to get SEO tips. Um we've got a beautiful blend of people who know nothing but have the right attitude willing to roll their sleeves up and some amazing experienced intellect characters that surround perks and you know, the more people that can attach themselves to our mission, there is, even if it's just saying Perks is cool, have a look at it so that somebody knows it's there. That's enough. Just that that love and that energy will drive us a long way. And I think having characters like Dan and Todd Rupert, who is also a non-executive body, an incredibly human being, um, the knowledge, the experience, the insights, the guidance and counsel for me as a CEO, um, but it, it's not limited to them. You know, as shareholders, um, the criteria on uh, joining Perk's team isn't just for uh, the team. Our shareholders have to be nice to all. We don't want them either. Um, and our suppliers have to be nice and niceness needs to be driven into their SLAs. And that's about doing the right thing and, and come back. So I think yeah, the, the one thing is, is, um, you know, the people and energy that make something happen, I don't know, I'm every day bewildered and humbled by what's happened on our story. And I think um, if I could gift that little bit of magical feeling that we feel every morning um, to every little business that's standing there trying in a backdrop of economic uncertainty and difficulty and strife and troubles and omni crises um I would give that a little bit of magic which is there's a there's a will and a want and a joy in uh standing up and trying and when it starts to work like perks does and you actually help people it feels amazing
1: yes 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 a million times yes what <laughs> what is it like <laughs> a bit carried away there
0: no I like it I'm the same it's it's, it's just so, it's so inspiring
1: it really is. And I think, look, there's, I've talked about this before in the pod. I'm sorry, I'm going to t- say it again. But Jim Rohn, the best way to get what you want is to help other people get what they want. And I think that's it. As soon, if you sit there and go, I'm going to be an affiliate marketer and I'm going to set up a website and I'm going to use AI to write all the content because I want to earn £20,000 a month, it might work, but you're going to be bored shitless. And there's, there's, no, there's nothing to it. But if you go, I am going to create this platform that will help... It's going to solve the health crisis. That's basically what what Perks is aiming for, isn't it? Solving the health health crisis and the healthcare crisis. I just love it. I absolutely love it.
0: Absolutely. And from a workplace culture perspective, even take away what Perks actually does, building a team with a clear vision of what their product, can achieve what it can deliver for their customers whatever that that product or who that customer is giving them opportunities within their job role to be mentored to learn new skills to push themselves to use their strengths um, and and to really prioritize those relationships, we don't tolerate people that aren't nice. And I love as well that Stella did say there that she does that niceness feeds down to SLA. So yeah, she 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 is making it objective and tangible and measurable. Um, but exactly right, and it isn't just about my staff. It's the same with shareholders. It's the same with suppliers. It's it and it sets this benchmark of acceptable behavior and anything below that is not tolerated and and as we know that's my favorite definition of culture culture is defined by the worst behaviors tolerated and you know you know that workplace culture and perks and you can hear it in the way Stella describes it is is just phenomenal because the behaviors that are promoted are, are intentional and they're nurtured and they're celebrated.
1: So we only spent an hour with Stella but we learned there was like we pulled out five possible lessons from the interview. Um, I want to spend a bit more time with Stella because I think she's really really cool. Me too. <laughs> you sounded really sad when you said that like it's no, never it's gonna so happen. It's almost over. <laughs> we Maybe meet her in real life. So these are the, uh, the, the five lessons we've picked out of that. Number one is stand up for your people. Your job as a leader should be removing obstacles so they can create great work, not adding more work or making work more difficult or telling them they're parking in your parking space
0: empathic concern that's called if you want the fancy word for it I nice. see I knew yeah. you'd have a word no, for you're it welcome. Um, yeah number two and I think we said give them a reason to care and the whole team like there cannot be one standard for the team one standard for the CEO one standard for the board you're all that team together and we know as well from a culture perspective from an engagement perspective from a well-being perspective if that belief that same belief isn't held by the board there's no point in doing anything but perhaps not exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're building who it's for and how it's
1: help number three ensure your service is congruent with your beliefs now stella could easily have targeted her ex-employers at the big banks and probably sold perks at 10 to 100 times the price she does but she chose intentionally chose to help those who didn't have that kind of access to perks i've made made that pun a few times haven't i don't get rid of that bit
0: No. But yes, and another do you want me to throw another term at you there? What it is? Yes, it's please. it's preventing moral burnout. So moral burnout is basically when our when our values are are misaligned with our environment. Um, and too long in that can can lead to that cynicism that is one of the the main components of burnout. Um yeah, some people call it moral burnout. So there you go.
1: I'm just gonna follow it with my fourth lesson, which is my soapbox. Leanne's got a soapbox about culture, I've got a soapbox about fucking luck. You can <laughs> Honestly, I wanted to create these t-shirts called, uh, with just called Fuck Luck on it. And I just wanted to just hand them out to people, uh, to, to to entrepreneurs. Um, but anyway, uh, so luck is a function of intention, work and persistence. So to be in the right place at the right time, you've got to be somewhere that's got opportunity and you have to stick with it. Otherwise, you've got no chance of being in the right place at the right time because you're going to, have to spend most of your life being in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time.
0: Hey, hey! i'm so with you like it's it's actually just putting yourself in the right place and just waiting around long enough for the time to be right Mm -hmm. i think is more yeah I'm, i'm with you and i think finally you know design a life that makes you proud you know stella it sounds like she leaps out of bed every morning because she's doing what what she loves and it sounds like her team are the same you know if the only thing that makes you happy about your job or business is the paycheck then maybe think about a change Not to say do the quick talk thing, though. We might want to be a bit more careful about that. But, you know, consider making a change.
1: Yeah, so the whole... If you want to quit on TikTok, you can do that if that's what you want to do. But the fact is that you're the beginning of your career if you're a Gen Z. So... Just take some advice for a second from an old Gen X. You're the beginning of your career. You've got so many skills that we Gen Xers would love to have. We're not digital natives. We don't know how to take a picture. There's a there's a great thing I think it was on Reddit or something. Just hundred pictures where um someone like me had tried to take a picture with a phone, and then someone who was 14 came along, took the phone off our office, and took a, like an amazing picture just by turning it on its side and tapping things <laughs> and turning the dials up and down. So you don't have to quit a job because it's hard. Just quit a job because of the workplace, but not the work
0: yeah and you know it, it's absolutely well within your your rights and probably a really great move for your career and your well-being to identify an organization that resonates with you and matches your values so you know go out there find somebody like Stella who is making a difference go back to our coaches and mentoring episode and learn some tips on, on how to find a mentor um, yeah, you are at the beginning of your career and, and some of the decisions that you make now will have impact for for years and years to come which is probably why our little uncomfortableness around the older quit talk thing Um, but you know even even for older millennials even for for gen x you know you you don't have to stay in a career that makes you unhappy Um, you know you don't quit a job because it's hard you you quit because you know the workplace is is just not the work you want to do so yeah i'm i'm feeling inspired so should we hear some more life lessons from stella
2: I tend to stay out of touch um with what's happening in the world. You know, throughout my 20s, I was surrounded by Bloomberg Reuters screens. My PA at the time, you know, would have my newspapers lined up when I hit my desk first thing in the morning. An insane amount of input. Um, I, I do have views. I think it's going to be difficult uh, moving forward. But I've also got this, you know, maybe it's as I've got older. Um, I've always felt that I can't change the world but I can change and impact the little bit around me. I can change my daughter's life. I can change my parents' life, my friends' and my family. Onward, I've found as I've got older, I can impact others' lives. You know, I've seen people come and join my teens and then go off with a lot more skill sets. And you know, I think we've at least impacted or helped their trajectory uh, go positively in a in another way. So in terms of my view of the world is the world is the world. And that's going to keep happening around me. But the one thing I can influence and do is stand up and do the bit that I can affect. So I think I'm very cognizant of I can't help myself. You know, I, I went on to study and get some letters after my name. I love economics, but I try and keep my head in a space now that is focused on the bit that I can do. Be cognizant of what's happening. Um i think it's going to be a very difficult time i mean you've you've got obviously there's wars going on um, there's crises uh, economically we're sitting in a position that well i think it's 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 the first in in a long it's in a very long time um but what i've learned over my financial services career is you'll have opinions from many different people um the important thing as a human being is what you can do to impact that and and so i have views but I don't think they're important. I think what's important for me personally is taking care of the people around me and as far as wide as I can push that with whatever backdrop surrounds us. I sit on another board um, uh, and it's a, it's a, around human rights and um, it's a, a, a very uh, impressive individual called Bobby Kennedy and he makes an amazing speech called the Ripples of Hope speech and it, and it really spoke to me part of the reason why I sit and do that and, it, and it's basically um, and I'm not going to quote it because I'll get the quote wrong but it's essentially that if you can make a small ripple um, you can create a wave of change and I, I subscribe to that I'm, I'm living that right now you know a silly idea in my head in 2018, and there's real life people being helped by it today, and that's not me. That's all the people, you know. It's it's people getting excited about it. People, you know, people say, "Well, what can I do to help?" It's like, well, do you know what? Just let people know it's there. I don't mind whether people buy it or not. That's not the issue. The issue is at least know that you can get something that's affordable, and you can do it. Not everybody can afford four pounds fifty a month. You know, that's still out of reach, but that's about as good as I can get it. but, But for now. Um, If I can replicate that in other countries, I I think we're doing a good thing. I love it so much.
0: So before we wrap up, I mean, we can't have somebody like a founder, CEO, MD, uh, like Stella Smith and not give her the opportunity to uh, pitch perks to us. Although I think I'm sold.
1: (laughs) Well, funnily enough, I signed up for it this morning.
0: Did you? Yeah, yeah. Have we now got perks? We've now got perks. Amazing. So we asked Stella if anyone is listening, what is perks and how can they access it?
2: I think any business and any business owners, and it sounds like you've got entrepreneurs, business owners, it, it, You know, anything. it's not even that they need to go on and buy perks. It's just that they know it's there and that it takes three minutes to do it. To set up perks, I mean, all you need to do is send a one-line email, say to the team, obviously, if you're paying for it, put your card details in, bang, you're done. And so there's no hassle. So it's really that. It's just the messaging that it's really simple and sweet and you don't have to think, because we'll do that thinking for you and just deliver it. Um, and it's cheap as chips. And you can also cancel. I found like I'm doing a sales pitch because I, I, I think it's brilliant, but I have a massive bias. You know, I, we've made it so that you can just turn it off because I think that my job and my team's job is that we make it good enough that you choose to stay. So if you put it in place for your team, you don't like it next month, um, cancel it because that's what you should be able to do. And I always find on technology, there's never a red button. You know, you get your delivery thing go wrong. You say, I'm never going to use them again. And then you try and cancel it, but you can't find where you want to cancel it. So I have a big red button that says, if you don't like it, click here and you can end it because it's our job to make something that's compelling enough for our customers to choose to stay.
0: It really is that simple. Um, And I love that, you know, Stella's mission remains the same to bring everybody access to affordable -being benefits that improve health wealth and happiness and remember that's not just businesses that is individuals as well she thinks perks is pretty wonderful we think perks is pretty wonderful but if you're not convinced follow Stella's advice
2: at least do something but fundamentally I think the big thing for small businesses is do something for your people perks or not um, I think perks is wonderful and and, and, and you know depth and breadth of product but put something in place that you've got an infrastructure to support your teams and you know there's um we're operating in an environment now where lots of people have lo- lots of struggles you know there's the conversation around omni crisis you know from covid to you know um, today I have my daughter at home there's a lot of strikes around you know cost of living energy costs there's a lot of things affecting people at the moment and what we all learned from covid is that uh, be at work to do our, you know, whatever that work shape, size, or how. We need to be well. And so, if you can put in place something in an affordable manner for your team to be well, the productivity, the being there, the doing what you need to do for your organisation or your business um, is important.
0: I think Stella summed it up perfectly there. If you want to find out more about Perks and all the incredible benefits, and you can also request a demo as well, head over to Perks.com. That's P-I-R-K-X.com. And remember, as I mentioned, Perks offers packages for individuals and businesses. Um, and as Stella says, why should you miss out on the well-being benefits just because you work for yourself? Um, so yeah, you can also find Stella on LinkedIn um, and more from Perks on Twitter, Instagram and tick tock uh, we'll <laughs> leave all the links in the
1: show notes thank you for joining us for this special episode which is the founders special we're hoping to do every four or five weeks on the episode if you've got someone who you think should, should be we should be featuring then just make sure it's something to do with workplace culture and then just go into the show notes below you'll see this email there podcast at oblonghq.com and you can uh, you can nominate someone to be a potential guest
0: you absolutely can. If you want to connect with Al on the old LinkedIn or uh, or follow some of the posts we put up after each episode, talking about the episode, uh, come follow us over on LinkedIn as well. All the links are in the show notes. And there's also going to be a very exciting announcement very, very soon. And I think we'll probably put it on LinkedIn before we put it on the podcast. So you probably do want to go and follow us and just see what that, see what that is.
1: Oh, nice. Thanks. Nicely done. Thank you. I think I'm becoming more psychologicalizing and you're becoming more marketing. <laughs> right, Maybe. we will see you next week then. Bye. Bye-bye.